What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week eight. So I'm going to run you through how the team is looking, thoughts on transfers, captaincy, future weeks as well. And I'll also run you through how badly I did in game week seven. And I'm going to talk through all my worries of which there are apparently a lot. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure to check out Fancy Football Hub. They have a seven day free trial at the moment, up to 30% off. If you're wondering how your team is looking, you can also get your team rated for free all the links you need are in the description below make sure to check it out so let's take a look at game week seven and it was another pretty bad week for me that's now my fourth red hour in a row and i'm now outside the top one million my current rank stands at one million two hundred and nineteen thousand three hundred and thirty eight so a less than ideal position to be in but i'm still not panicking just yet because i know from past experience just how volatile overall ranks can be at this stage of the season and yes i've fallen from like 300k to 1.2 million but a few good game weeks you can quickly claw that back i'm more panicking about whether or not i should have hit the wild card button and i'll talk about that when i go through the team uh, for game week eight but I got 48 points total. Only four players actually returned for me. So my transfer was Chilwell to Trippier. That paid off straight away. Obviously, Chilwell was out. I made that transfer on Sunday uh, evening. And Trippier got 12 points. So that was nice. Son with another goal against Liverpool got seven. Obviously, did get subbed early again. We'll talk about that later. My favorite points were probably from Saka. Because a lot of people sold him. He ended up starting against Bournemouth. Because he always starts when he's fit and available. And he got a nine-pointer. But it was kind of a week of what could have been. Because he scored a goal in that game against Bournemouth. But Arsenal got two penalties. And he gave them both away. One to Odegaard. And obviously one to... Ha uh, not Hazard. One to Havertz as well. So he could have had a hat-trick in that game. I think it's pretty clear that he is first-choice penalty taker for Arsenal. But he's also happy to give them away. It's not a Harry Kane situation or a Mo Salah situation where there's no chance they give the penalty to someone else. Saka seems willing to do that. I don't know if it's just a massive coincidence, but he's taken the penalties at home and the ones that Odegaard has taken have been away. So maybe that's a thing. Maybe it was just a coincidence because of the type of matches. Whatever. We're probably not going to know that for a while. Um, but yeah, Saka nine points, great. Especially when he was flagged going into that game. But frustrating that he could have had uh, one or even two more goals. And it was similar with Mbermo. So Mbermo blanked, again, that's only one return in his last five games. Uh, he got two points, but he should have had a penalty as well because that tackle on Bissa from Turner was not great. And I think in another game that gets given. So could have had three more goals, but it's FPL and I didn't. It was a bad week. The only other player that got returns was alvarez great free kick eight pointer everyone else blanked pretty much pickford one point i never expect points from him anyway so i'm kind of used to that at this stage estupinian came on for botman so i was pretty confident before the deadline that botman would be fine but it turns out i've got to start listening to eddie howe so estupinian comes off at half time minus two points he comes into my 11 kabori over a double game we got three points although to be fair he outscored estupinian by five so i can't complain too much rashford blank with two fernandez blank with two uh, and harlan captain blank as well so overall a pretty bad week a lot of people are wild carded i haven't let's talk about it so for game week eight i've only got one free transfer and nothing in the bank so if i want to upgrade any players i've got to make a second transfer to fund it and that is obviously going to cost me a minus four so that is on my mind when i'm thinking about what transfers i should make in goal 
I've got Jordan Pickford. We're now into game week eight. I've still not had a clean sheet for my goalkeeper. He's got Bournemouth at home. I'm not particularly worried. I know the popular goalkeeper on wildcard is obviously Ariola. They've got Newcastle at home. That is definitely a harder fixture, even if West Ham are a better team. I actually think because of Eze's injury, there's reports that he's out for six weeks. A lot of wildcarders will actually play Matt Turner against Crystal Palace away. So I could do that anyway, because he's on my bench. But I think I'm probably going to play Pickford and keep continuing to put myself through the misery which is almost over because in game week nine if turner keeps his place i will just play him against luton at home and then i'm still looking to wildcard in game week 10 anyway but bournemouth home isn't a bad fixture do i expect a clean sheet there probably not uh trippier against west ham away great option it's going to be difficult for newcastle to keep a clean sheet in that game versus the two that they've just had but i think overall for newcastle obviously clean sheet against sheffield united away and burnley at home it's palace at home without Eze probably in game week nine west ham away is definitely the toughest fixture of those four but who would put it past newcastle to get another clean sheet they are one of the best defenses in the league and obviously we know how attacking trippier is so i quite like that and i guess when I'm thinking about my team this week, I am kind of comparing it to what the wildcard template is. And I don't think many people are going to go with Trippier. They're going to have a different Newcastle defender instead. And because of the injury to Botman, it's probably going to be Dan Byrne. So I'm kind of relying on Trippier to outscore him through bonus and attacking returns. Otherwise, it just doesn't look great at all. But I think we all agree right now, Trippier is a really nice option. I don't think I will have him on game week 10 wildcard. I just think it's too tricky to fit a defender in that costs that much money. But I'll worry about that when I get to it. I've already got Destiny Doggy. He's been on my bench since game week one, or at least he's been in my squad since game week one. Some games on the bench, some games I've played him. Looting away Fulham at home next two game weeks. So I'm happy to have uh, him already in there. And I think a lot of the reason that people wildcarded this week is because they're low on Spurs players, whereas I've already got two. So it's really just the other slight players that I would need to change in midfield, mostly like Salah, Diaby, etc. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So I think in terms of Spurs players, at least, I'm in a good position. And I'm really happy with a doggy. The one player that's messed all the plans up is Sven Botman, because Eddie Howe said before the Champions League game against PSG, because he's had his press conference um, yesterday, the Botman is definitely out of that game. He's almost certainly going to be out of game week eight. It's not going to be until after the international break. And unfortunately, my only other two options on the bench, defensive-wise, are Estepinian with Liverpool at home and Kabori with Spurs at home, neither of whom I think are going to keep a clean sheet. And as I said on transfer tips yesterday, Estepinian's returns are really starting to be hurt by the lack of clean sheets. There's 19 defenders ahead of him. Yes, he's got a bunch of attacking returns, but you do need those clean sheets as well. So I'm not really happy about playing him against Liverpool. I think Liverpool definitely score in that game. So there's really two transfers I'm looking at. I did kind of toy with... Estepinian to Dallow for Brentford at home and Sheffield United away but after watching the Man United game last night and the way they collapsed after going 2-1 up I'm just not sure I can go there like playing Amrabat as a left back is just not working well whatsoever Casemiro hasn't looked fantastic in, in a lot of the games there's just a lot going on with that Man United defense we'll talk about the attackers later but defender wise I just can't do it to myself so the two players I'm looking at are Estepinian to Cash and it is a bit annoying having to sell Estepinian because he's probably going to drop in price this week. But I will still have money tied up in him because I got him for 5. He's currently 5.3. So when he goes down to 5.2, I'll still be able to sell him for 5.1. The issue is if I sell him and want him back and he doesn't drop again, it's going to cost me another 0.1 million on wildcard to buy him back. And I've already kind of leaked a load of team value by not going early this week. So I'm not really happy about selling him. 
But unless I take a hit, I can't do Botman to cash because I just don't have any, no pun intended, no cash in the bank. So SGP now is probably going to be the one that has to be sold. If I do end up taking a hit, I will probably sell Botman instead. But Matty Cash is probably the obvious player to bring in like it's wolves away west ham at home i'm not sure on paper how good they are for defensive returns but he is obviously very attacking he's got three attacking returns already this season i'm probably going to want him on my game week 10 wildcard anyway and this kind of protects me from future price rises because if he does really well against wolves away he'll probably rise in price again before game week nine and then I'm still going to want him on my wild card in game week 10. So I think that's the obvious player to go for. There is one other defender that I'm looking at, and that is Pedro Porro. Now, I have two Spurs players at the moment, Udogi and Son. And obviously, if I go for Porro, that will be a double up on their defense. And it will also block me from getting James Madison. Now, potentially, and I'm obviously thinking ahead till after the international break now, I might not need Madison. I could possibly keep Saka for Chelsea away, or I could go for a punt. And one team I'm looking at, if we just bring it up here, is Liverpool in game week nine. They've got Everton at home. And I think there's a good chance that one of, if not both of, probably not both if Gakpo's out, but there is a chance that one of Diaz or Nunez will miss out because of international duty. And Diogo Jota could play in that game. And because it's the early game, we might get a leak. And if Diaz plays, they are two punts that I could go for. From, for Saka right so sell Saka before Chelsea away and bring in a Liverpool player against Everton at home obviously if you're not wildcard in game week 10 you wouldn't do that you just hold on to Saka but that could be a punt that I could go for but I don't know if I want to buy Poro this week double up on the Spurs defense and just block myself from being able to get Madison it just doesn't I guess the question is, is Pedro Porro that much better than Matty Cash over the next two weeks? And I don't think the answer to that question is yes. So the most obvious move for me is to do SGP in the answer cash. And if I really want to sell Saka as a punt in game week nine, then I just sell him to Madison. And I leave that third Spurs spot open. But I think given how the defense is shaping up at the moment... Unfortunately, Estepinian is going uh, to have to be sold. Unless, of course, I need to take a hit in which case I will sell Botman. Let's talk about what that hit could be. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm all for being patient and kind of sticking to the plan, but this midfield is starting to look a little bit dodgy, especially up against the Game Week 8 wildcard template. So a lot of people that are wildcard and are going to have Salah, Diaby, Madison, and so on. And then a fifth midfielder, some will have Gordon, Neto. The most popular one is probably going to be James Ward-Prowse. Whereas I've got Rashford, Fernandez, Imbermo, Son, and Saka doesn't look ideal the only thing i would say is ward prowse is a pretty good pick for the price but i'm not sure he's massively better than in Burmo for the next two games so i'm not massively worried about that i've already got son so that's not a huge issue either and i could do saka to madison especially if he's injured for a hit so i could have two of the five template picks i don't think in Burmo is that bad compared to war prowls so then it's just rashford and fernandez versus salah and diaby and don't get me wrong i'd probably rather have salah and diaby but is that enough to wildcard that's the question that i keep asking myself my biggest worry really is not deciding to you know not wildcard this week it's getting to game week 10 and then realizing i just want the team that i could have picked in game week 8 and yet i'm like a million in team value down that's my biggest worry what i need to happen is a couple of you know big changes over the next couple of weeks be it an injury or a suspension or just a change in lineup someone gets dropped that's what i really need or liverpool players to become absolute must in game week 10 something like that if i don't wildcard that's what i need to happen otherwise i am going to wildcard into a bunch of the same players that people are going for 
this week. Just to talk about a couple of the individual players here. Um, Son, there was a video going around saying he wasn't spotted in training. I don't know if that's a huge issue. Paul O'Keefe tweeted to say uh, that he isn't always taking part in training at the moment, so he can be ready for matches. If you remember, there was an older Spurs player that used to do that, Ledley King. So they are trying to make sure that Son is ready for matches, but it's not ideal that he can't train. That might catch up to him at some point. Um, but right now, Luton away looks like a pretty good fixture that I want to hold him for. And he's probably going to be my captain as well, even though I forgot to put the captain uh, on the graphic. That is what I'm currently planning. With Burmo, wasn't happy with the performance I saw against Nottingham Forest at all. Obviously, could have had a penalty. And I think relying on penalties is not ideal. But also, there's a reason that we pick penalty takers in FPL because they can play badly and still get points. I mean, Man United away, I mean, attacking-wise, that might be an okay fixture. I expect Brentford to concede, but they could score as well. Um, and then he's got Burnley at home in game week nine. So I'm not massively panicking there. Eze is now injured as well. And look, Pedro Neto is fine, but I don't think he's suddenly so good that I need to panic about in Burmo. So that's why I'm kind of okay-ish to hold on to him, because I think the other options around that price and not necessarily great right now, apart from Diaby, of course. Um, and with Saka, Bakayo never gets rested Saka. Flagged last week, played, um, went off with an injury in that game, uh, or looked like he did anyway. He looked in quite a bit of discomfort, I would say. Plays in the Champions League. He's gone off injured again, this time around the 30th minute. So there must be something there. Do I think he's going to miss the Man City game? Probably not, right? It's such a huge game. But there could be a genuine issue. Arteta said after the game it was um, looking quite bad. I should say, I don't think, even if Saka was fine, I don't think Arteta would have been positive. He doesn't want to give any info away to Man City. So we shouldn't have expected a positive update anyway. But obviously, he could just be literally telling us the truth and that Saka doesn't look great. If he's out, the obvious move is to go to Madison for Luton away and Fulham at home and then look to wildcard. And if I do that, I would have the money to do Botman to cash instead. And I could just keep SGP and N on my bench. So I could take that minus four. But then I'm still stuck with Mbermo, Fernandez, and Rashford. So if Saka's out, that might force me to just hit the wildcard button, even though I've lost a lot of team value at this point. I just have to not be stubborn and forget about that. So Saka's a bit of a concern. If Saka's fit for Man City, then look, I think Madison's probably better against Luton away, but a home match for a guy probably going to take penalties, I think that's okay. So I'm not massively worried about Saka unless he's out. And then with Fernandes and Rashford, look, having to watch Man United at the moment is not very fun. All right? I actually thought, and I didn't watch um, the first half, I only watched the second half. I actually thought attacking-wise at times, they looked all right. Like Hoyland uh, scored a goal that was just offside. He also scored two in total, so he got a brace. Uh, the first goal was a nice assist from Rashford as well. So there is a bit of link up there that they're starting to work on. Fernandes is obviously always going to be involved, nailed on, on penalties, etc. He's always got ways to chip in points. And I've seen a lot of people considering keeping him on wildcard as well by going cheaper players elsewhere, which I won't get into right now. And obviously, let's not forget, it was only game week six he got a 10-pointer and all of a sudden people weren't so worried about him. So... I, I don't know. I think defensively, Man United just not there. But can they get goals against Brentford at home and Sheffield United away? They should be able to. But Amrabat playing left back, the the performances haven't been great. That means I'm a little bit worried that Ten Hag might start to kind of mess around with things that he probably shouldn't. And also, Rashford has been subbed early in the last two games. Now, some people said that you know he was subbed off early against Crystal Palace to rest him for the Champions League, but then he got 
rested again last night what for brentford at home at the weekend that is not ideal right he's not moving to the right and going actually coming on the left he's just being subbed off so i do think there is more concern around rashford right now i don't think he's going to get dropped or anything like that you look at the previous games 90 90 90 90 84 and 87 minutes he ain't getting dropped anytime soon but early subs are not ideal but i just think like on paper, Rashford and Fernandes against Brentford at home and Sheffield United away should be fine. But if those two teams sit in and Man United struggle to break them down for the first 20, 20, 30 minutes, that is how the game could go for the rest of it, the rest of the, you know, 90 minutes. So I am a bit worried. I'm not, I don't know. I, I suspect there's a lot of people watching thinking you're just being stubborn. Why have you not hit the button yet? But it's just that thing about game week 10 wildcard might be just that much different that it's worth saving on to it, uh, holding on to the chip. But it's just really, it's Rashford and Fernandez versus Diaby and Salah. How much can I get hurt by that over the next couple of weeks? The answer is probably quite a lot. And just to kind of wrap this midfield section up, because I don't want to ramble on too much. The thing I'm really worried about, right, and I'm worried about a lot in this video, is if Son is out, or even slight doubt, where he might only play like 50, 60 minutes, who do I captain this week? Because Haaland's got Arsenal away, and he's never a bad captain. But I think this is a week where I would like to go against him. And I just don't think I'm going to be comfortable putting it on Saka or Rashford or Fernandez. The player that I would like to put it on at that point probably isn't even James Madison. It's Mo Salah against Brighton. And I don't have him. So I'm not ruling out wildcarding yet. But as it stands, I'm staying strong. But I feel like this FPL week is taking forever. I can't believe it's only Wednesday. Because of all the wildcard chat, it's just going really slow. And every day there's something that makes me think, Maybe I should have just done it, right? Saturday wasn't great. And then on Sunday, what were the matches on Sunday? Let me just quickly remember here. Um, I've lost the fixtures now. Oh, yeah, Forest versus Brentford. So when Burmo blank, didn't look great. And then um, Saka obviously went off injured last night. I'm thinking, why have I just not hit the button? Man United lost again. Just all these things. But, yeah, I think it's one of those where if this pays off, I look like a genius. And if the game week eight wildcard smashes it this week, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to be behind on points, behind on money as well, and then probably just look to panic wildcard in game week nine. So yeah, right now I'm standing strong. I think on paper, the team looks okay. I think the reality is probably not that good. And then up front, it's Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez. As always with Haaland, I'm not particularly worried about him. I know he blanked last week. They don't have Rodri for the Arsenal game, but I don't particularly want to captain him this week anyway. Some people on game week eight wildcard are considering going without him. I completely get the idea of it at least with the next kind of six or seven fixtures that man city have it's not something that i will do i think unless he's injured he's probably going to be in my team for most of the season but i do get it but for me brighton at home game week nine bournemouth at home game week 11 they are fixtures i'm going to want to captain him so he remains in the team this front line all of a sudden doesn't feel quite as good as it did last week even though alvarez returned just because everyone seems to be going to ollie watkins that's all you see on the timeline because of the wild cards but we shouldn't forget that Alvarez was super popular over the last few weeks. He's still getting minutes. In fact, I don't think, I haven't checked this, yeah, he's still not really been subbed early apart from the Nottingham Forest game, but that's when the Rodri red card happened. Outside of that, he's played 90, 90, 90, 89, 90, and then 90 against Wolves. So I think if you asked anyone at the start of the season, you can get Alvarez for 6.5 to 7 million. He's going to start and play good minutes in every single game would you go for him you definitely would arsenal weight is a tricky fixture 
And then obviously you've got those good ones I've just spoken about, Brighton at home, Bournemouth at home. And in between that, it's Man United away. And I don't think people are particularly worried about a fixture like that at the moment. So Alvarez still looks like pretty good value. Um, I guess, again, if I'm comparing my team versus the Game Week 8 wildcard template, would I rather have Watkins for the next five fixtures? Yes, but I wouldn't be able to have him and Trippier. So I'd have to drop Trippier. So I think overall, can this... Can this team stand up to the wild card? I think it can in game week nine, but I'm massively, guess you guessed it, worried about game week eight. And that could be a killer because if the template does well, all those players rise in price again. Ideally, I don't want a wild card in game week nine. It's either eight or it's 10. And the reason for that is because of how good my team will look in game week nine. At least again, uh, on paper, it doesn't always work out like that. Um, otherwise in terms of my suggested transfers over on fantasy football hub and if you want to check this out links in the description below to get signed up seven day free trial at the moment and 30 percent off the suggested transfer is rashford to, to madison and do you know what i don't hate it right at all and i think if saka was fully fit and we hadn't had all these issues over the last couple of games for arsenal i probably would consider this like dropping one of my man united players and with fernandez nailed on not getting subbed early on penalties he's probably the one that i would keep plus he's cheaper but i just think with all the stuff around saka i just don't think like if i'm not wildcard and i'm selling one of rashford or saka right now it probably just is saka and i know people keep saying to me how can you sell arsenal players it's only for two weeks right i would wildcard intent and definitely get them back so rashford looks like not such a good option as he did at the start of the season, but I'm not losing faith just yet. Uh, and just quickly to show you what the team will look like in game week nine. Let's say that I do the... Let's just say I keep Saka for now. Right, so I'll remove Estrapini and I'll put Matt Cash in instead. Um, in game week nine, again, if you want to check your team out and get your rating over on Fantasy Football Hub, links in the description below. You can get your rating for free, by the way. Um, my team in game week nine, I would hopefully play Turner instead of Pickford for Luton at home. But I would have a spare transfer in nine where I could switch goalkeepers if I needed to. Trippier against Palace at home. Cash against West Ham at home. Udogi against Fulham at home. Fernandes and Rashford against Sheffield United away. Although, again, they could just sit in deep and cause Man United loads of problems. In Burma against Burnley at home. Saka against Chelsea away. Son against Fulham at home. And then Alvarez and Haaland against Brighton at home. I think most of those picks look pretty good. And I think if you were free-hitting in game week nine... I don't think the team would look massively different to this. You definitely have Salah, right? Again, and you'd go for a cheaper mid probably instead of the Man United ones. But on paper, that looks pretty good. And if Turner keeps his place, I could sell Saka to Madison and have triple spurs for Fulham at home, just like the wildcard template anyway. So yeah, Game Week 8 is my biggest problem, I think. Game Week 9 looks okay. But let me know what you think of the team in the comments below. I mean, you don't even need to. I know what's going to be said, especially with those two Man United players. But yeah, right now I'm sticking to the plan. But by Friday, I could have hit the button. I don't know. Anyway, if you enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. If you listen on podcasts, make sure to rate five stars. And if you want to sign up to Fancy Football Hub or just get your team rated for free, all the links you need are in the description below. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow for the Game Week Preview. Sports Social Podcast Network.